Hello, and welcome to another edition of Let's Chat Sales. Uh, it's Brendan McAdams today, and I have a guest, Jeff Bajorek, fellow sales professional. I will put his information in the show notes, and we are going to tackle a common problem, and that is how to move the sale along, how to keep the momentum going in a sales process. Anyone that's actively involved in selling, this is going to be a common issue and, and one you want to know about. So we'll tackle that today. Let's get started. So, Jeff, good to have you on board here today. I figured we'd take a few minutes and kind of chat about a particular sales problem. And the one I thought I'd uh, pose and put in your in your lap is how do you move a sales process forward? It's, you know, it gets stuck or it's still moving slow. Mm -hmm. I just thought the two of us, we could just kind of brainstorm a little bit on that topic. And I have some ideas, but I'd love to get yours. Like, what do you think? Well, depending on the study you read, there is anywhere between 50 and 90% of professional salespeople. And in many cases, these are only people, or, or I'm sorry, these are salespeople who only get paid when they make sales, right? Like, right. I mean, there are base salaries and things in a lot of places. I never had one. Like I got paid when I sold, period. That was it. Wow. Okay. But anywhere between 50 and 90% of salespeople fail to ask for next steps when they're in their current meetings. And this boggles my mind because- it, you can't speed up someone's buying process, but you can avoid slowing down your own sales process. And you have to be ready to ask for that next step in the meeting, right? I, I like to say that right. your, your prospect is open and in front of you, your calendar should be too. Figure it out. Yeah. The advice I gave the people is this. There are three questions you need to answer before you go into any sales call. And that is, what am I trying to accomplish? Yep. What do I yep. want to ask for? Yep. How am I going to ask? Yep. That's it. You have those three questions answered before you go into that sales call. You're yep. going to be ready to ask for those next steps. But most salespeople aren't prepared with the answers to those questions. And so they're not ready. So they go in, they get distracted. The discovery call goes off the rails. They fail to bring it back to center and remember what they're trying to do. And then before they know it, the call ends and, oh, hey, that was great. I have something. I got to go. You got something. Yep. You got to go. Okay, yep. well, I'll catch up later. And then they say, well, now I need to follow up. Oh, for crying out loud. They were right in front of you. Yeah. You were right there. Every sales call must have a purpose. I, in fact, I'm part of the way I kind of back into that is I, I, I tell people the last five to 10 minutes of the call should be specifically to tackle that. Yes. What happens next to wrap things up? Because people do, you're just like you said, they get to the end of the call and, and boom, someone's got to go. Oh, I've got another call coming up. Yeah. I've got a hard stop and you didn't plan for it. Yeah. yeah. So in the call, that's exactly right. Being able to ask the direct question and, and establish exactly what that next thing is. That, that's, I mean, that's gold. Well, it's just, it's, and it's not hard to ask either. Yeah. You know, Brendan, this was a good call. It sounds like you have some stuff to go back and investigate. I have some homework to do. Does it make sense for us to meet again in a week and yeah. come back together and reconvene with what we found? And let's see if it makes sense to move forward from there. I just closed right. you on a meeting. Yeah. That's it. Right. right. What's your, what do we do from here? That's, that's right. another one of my favorite closing questions is what's the next step here, which then brings all the other stuff into play in terms of discovery. Like, well, how do you make decisions about this stuff? What does it look like when you've bought things like this before? Who else needs to be involved? You ask, what's the next step? That's kind of an umbrella question that leads to all those other things that you need to check off, yeah. but you don't want to make your prospect feel like you're checking boxes off on a list. Right. right so right. it's just, it can be conversational. It doesn't need to be pushy, but yep. um, make no mistake. Uh, your, your prospects are begging to be led. And if you're not nudging them along, you're not moving. 
because they're not right. going to do it for you. Right. Plus, they have they have limited attention span. They've got yep. you know, they've got priorities, and if if you're one of the priorities, then things tend to move forward. And by establishing those next steps, you know they want to see an outcome one way or mm-hmm. another. They want either want a decision, hey, this isn't a good fit, or if it is a good fit, I want to move it along. And typically, customers, if if there's a good fit, they want to figure out a way to get to get to the problem solving stage. Right. Yeah. Right. How, how about how about outside of the sales call? I mean, I mean, other things that kind of, kind of move things along besides the sales call itself. For example, for one of the things I find is I find that a lot of salespeople aren't that prepared. They don't have things at the ready. Like you've mm. got to, like I spend a lot of time talking about compressing time. And that is the, the, that the period between whatever you're doing right now and the next step, can you compress the time in that in, within there it's, and shorten it? And one of the things I find is a lot of salespeople aren't ready. They don't have the things ready to go. Like they don't have the, the proposal isn't already kind of drafted. Oh, There's a template or, sure. or they write an email message. They have to craft an email message and make it really custom as opposed to having like 80% of it already written because you use a template or writing with just fewer words. What sorts of things do you use to kind of shorten that the, the sales process? You know, I think a lot of that stuff comes from, and some of that stuff will depend on, are, are you... St- are you calling on similar types of prospects or is everything custom and everything all over the map? I like that your use of templates that makes a ton of sense. I think, you know, speeding things up along those lines, I think that comes back to targeting. Are you targeting a certain type of prospect, a certain type of customer? I had this conversation with a client recently they actually sell training solutions and they do a lot of custom work. And it's like understanding when you need to generate particularly, I mean, a lot of companies are behind because COVID, did some things. I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're a little behind. So it's like, okay, we need to make up some revenue. All right, let's be efficient with what we offer, what we talk about and who we talk about it with. Yeah. And when those conversations kind of veer offline a little bit, it's putting them back in the center and saying, you know, that's something worth talking about. But right now I think we should focus on this problem yeah. and, you know, moving things forward. So I think having your own boundaries yeah. is, is really important. And so you streamline those processes. You can't have something templated, or it's difficult to have something templated if you're all over the map with who you're right. contacting and, and about what. But I really think so much of it is just the preparation. Yeah. You know, I, I came out of an industry in orthopedics where all of the companies I represented were actually pretty well prepared in terms of tools and case yeah. studies and design rationales for implants and things like that. So we had what we needed. It was really up to us to do the work. Yeah. You know, in an entrepreneurial role, like where I am right now, I had to develop all that stuff. And sometimes I didn't know I needed it until it wasn't there for me. And then it's like, yeah. oh, I've got to go back and create that. Right. But I think most salespeople can't draw out their own sales process on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper. Yeah. They right. don't know what's happening three steps ahead, which yeah. makes it really hard to ask for that next step when you get there. Yeah. And so I think a little bit of pre-planning and some forethought, maybe even some role play, like, okay, what could happen? Let's dry run this thing. Yeah. Um, almost a, a pre-mortem at times too. So what could go right? What could go wrong? And are yeah. we prepared? I think that's really all preparation for the sales process. Too many salespeople are not thinking far enough ahead to be prepared for the moment when they get there. Yeah. And and that's what can definitely speed up some some sales cycles. Well, that you bring up a great point about the this notion of of calling on the same sorts of customers. And I think mm-hmm. most of the time, 
if you're if you're a if you're a startup or if you're an established company, you're probably calling on the same sorts of customers by and large. Or at least you might want to think about that because then you start to see the same problems and the same conversations come up over and over again. And then it becomes much easier to to talk to those yes. particular issues and to have the materials in place. And, and to have case studies that can flow out of your mouth, like, oh, mm-hmm. this say you have a similar customer that did this and blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the power in the statement of, hey, Brendan, we work with companies that look a lot like yours. How have you handled this issue in your business? And does it make sense for us to spend 15 minutes next week discussing with you what we've learned from other businesses like you and how they've tackled this? This, this transfer of information, this transfer of value, this exchanging value for time, yeah. you, you know, that it, in order to get someone to take your meeting, you have to be someone worth talking to and you have to have something worth talking about. Can you help me understand how others like me in this space are tackling this problem? That's something valuable, right? Yeah. You know, so you're, you're doing yourself a favor in so many ways. And it's not just about finalizing, and that's not the right word, but, but putting a nice point on your message. It's not about yeah. that so much as it's about what is the market research that you can do at the same time right. while you're helping companies yeah. like these. I mean, that's, there's power in that. Don't sell it short. I often think in terms of Venn diagrams, if you're focused on a particular industry, oil and gas, telecom, whatever it happens to be, and then you overlap that with your particular product expertise, your solution expertise, and you overlap those two things, you're going to discover a certain number of areas where you really, you're the subject matter expert on that Mm -hmm. thing. And now you go to the customer knowing a fair amount about their vertical, especially if you're a good salesperson, you study up on that vertical. And so you're, you speak in that language and you're, and you think about the trends and the things that they're facing, and then you apply your solution and that overlap. Now you're a subject matter expert in an area and you go to them. And, and not only does that lend tremendous credibility, but it saves you so much, again, saves you time mm-hmm. because you can go from customer to customer to customer in that vertical and you can talk to them. And right. yeah. it's huge. One thing I, I find is really helpful is to be specific and be direct. If it's time to ask for an order or it's time to talk about the next steps or whatever, say it. Don't beat around the bush. If you leave things open to interpretation or are afraid to tackle the issue directly, at some level, you of course, you decrease your odds. It just extends the sales process. What do you think? I was going through some content that I created for actually a different client earlier today. And I remember doing a video for them and I, where I broke down the dichotomy between being pushy versus being direct. Yeah. And there's a very big difference between being pushy and being direct. And I think this comes down to, you know, a common theme that's weaving through this conversation about speeding up sales processes yeah. is being prepared. Do you know what you need to accomplish in this sales call? Do you have everything you need to accomplish that in the sales call? Do you know what you're going to ask for? For crying out loud. (laughs) Right? right. And when it comes time, hey, Brendan, look, I think we should do a podcast together. I think we should do it every once in a while. This would be kind of cool. You've got this podcast. I'm happy to guest on it. Well, why don't we do that? Why don't we set some of those things up? That's what it came down to. I mean, and it's right. kind of a mirror image of what you asked me, you know, last right. week when you talked about this, say, hey, does it make sense for us to collaborate on this? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think we'll have fun. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it on the schedule. How's right. Monday? Right. Like right. that's what it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, right. but people right. spin up this idea of what sales is supposed to be like and like, come on. Oh, they overcomplicate it. Totally. Yeah. It's going to be different for you than it is for me because by, you're by the different way, than I am. Yeah. And then the, and the direct question is so telling, I mean, not, not pushy, but just direct like, Hey, you right. know, do, should we, what should the next steps be? Right. 
is so it's so informative for you. Now you know the answer tells you so much about whether or not you have a deal, whether you have a, a competent, you have a, oh, yeah. a really, you have an opportunity or you've got someone who's just, who can't make a decision. And you don't want to, you don't want to be talking to people that, I mean, your time is too valuable to, to be spinning your wheels, talking to people that can't make a decision or aren't ready to. And, and I agree, but let's take the flip of that too. What is the impression you're making on your prospect or your customer when you ask a less than direct question? If you're stammering yes. and stumbling over yourself and well, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think that maybe, you know, that if, if things, no, I don't want to hold you to your feet to the fire or anything, mister. But, you know, if, if it's going to work out, do you think that we could, like for crying out loud, like, just I, again, I feel like I've said that more times in the last 15 minutes than I have forever, but like, let's get to it. What are you here to do? Yeah. Listen, this is a newsflash, Brendan, but your prospects know that they're on a sales call. One of the things, kind of a related sort of uh, related idea is I've, I've gotten to the point where most of my customer calls, I try to keep to 30 minutes. Mm. And, and it does a couple of things. One is it, it telegraphs to them very quickly that I value their time and my own and, and that I'm going to get to the point. And mm -hmm. it also forces me to get to the point, especially if True. I block off the last 10 or, you know, seven to five to seven minutes or whatever at the end to wrap things up, then I've got to get to the point. So there's, there's some, maybe some pleasantries and that sort of thing somewhere in there. Right. But I, I try and net it out because their time's valuable. My time's valuable. I want to know that we're moving things along. Plus if I book a 30 minute meeting and I wrap it up in 30 or less, they're that much more inclined to take the next meeting because like, I'm not going to waste their time and it's a quick and it's productive. And I think those things also contribute to a kind of a moving things along. Well, the way you carry yourself makes your prospect aware of your level of professionalism and that level of professionalism goes a long way. Yeah. And it, it sends a message. It makes an impression and they treat you differently. No question. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, do you want your prospects your customers to know they're dealing with a professional or do you want to leave that up to chance <laughs> that's right i'll leave that up to you <laughs> well this is great any last things before we wrap this up i love to keep these these things crisp and this is going yeah. to be great last comments no i mean i think I, I like your point around keeping meetings tight and keeping them to you can you can still be very cordial and congenial and exchange some pleasantries but then make sure that you get down to work and you know if you need a longer meeting tell them you need a longer meeting but yeah. it's okay if a meeting a 30 minute meeting wraps up at 26 or 27 minutes people love getting their time oh. back so you know that that works so don't be afraid to do that and again if you know what you're there to accomplish, yeah. what you want to ask for next and how you're going to ask, it makes the rest of the meeting go so much more smoothly. So that's great. Thanks, Brendan. Right. Okay. You've just listened to another episode of Let's Chat Sales. This will be episode 17. You can find it at letschatsales.com slash 17. I will include Jeff's information in the show notes. And if you have ideas or questions about sales or you have an idea for a future podcast episode, please fire it off to us at hello at letschatsales.com. And thanks again for listening.